I had a really hard day. Like today was a day of feeling like everything was kind of being blocked. There wasn't a good flow of energy. I was, I was having challenges, uh, parenting. I was having challenges with my business. Um, just feeling the overwhelm of the entire, uh, pandemic situation on top of that. And literally I just, I was like, okay, I just need to walk outside and take 10 minutes, 10 minutes, like 10 minutes of breathing and being outside and, and, and taking it in was much better spent than 10 minutes just trying to drive my laptop a little bit harder. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Matt Walker. Matt is a world-class mountain climber and psychologist. He's also a very sought-after coach, speaker, and professional facilitator. His Seattle-based company, Matt Walker Adventure, facilitates once-in-a-lifetime adventures, coaches individuals to reach their personal and professional goals, and offers professional team development workshops. And Matt is also the author of an amazing book called Adventure in Everything. And he's also the focus of a 2015 BBC documentary called Adventure in Everything. Matt, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me on. Yeah, I haven't, we haven't talked in a while, so I look forward to our conversation today. Me too. Absol- absolutely. So, uh, Matt, I mean, here we are in the middle of this pandemic. Um, which I guess you could say qualifies as a very unique and wild adventure. Um, and having written the book on adventure and specializing in adventure in your life and your work, um, do you, would you say that we're sort of in the middle of a, a very unique adventure right now? <laughs> yeah, I would, um, I would say that the, we are all on an expedition that none of us signed up for. And you, we can't get off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a definitely an, ex, an adventure from the framework that I, I define adventure, which is um, an experience that, that has five central components, which is a high endeavor, uncertain outcome, total commitment, tolerance for adversity, and great companionship. Uh, and we can talk about what those five pieces are, but as it pertains to the the pandemic, um, I mean, it couldn't be a, a more significant test of our resolve and our ability to reframe and reshape our, our experience in the world. In other words, it's a constant, constant reminder um, that uh, things are always shifting and changing. And um, just like on any expedition or in any adventure, like the the more grounded and emotionally, mentally, and physically fit you are, the uh, the quicker the recovery and the more that you rebound. Um, so, yeah, I think this qualifies for a pretty damn big adventure. <laughs> you know, most of us are are stuck in our homes, or we're stuck somewhere maybe that we we didn't uh, we didn't want to be, or at least be spending so much time at our homes or in our hometowns or whatnot. But um, one of the great things of your book, Adventure in Everything, is that you don't necessarily have to climb to the top of Mount Everest or trek through a jungle 
to find adventure. You could find it wherever you are. You could potentially find it in your home or your hometown or your backyard. Uh, I'd love you to speak to that and how people could find maybe the adventure in their life. Yeah. So this idea of adventure, one of my my personal missions is to, in, in the collective, redefine what an adventure is, that it's not something that has to be, you don't have to go to the Himalaya for, you don't have to trek on a, through the jungle. Um, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a big trip. It doesn't have to be the fastest, the biggest, the deepest, whatever that is. Um, instead, it's our way of being in the world. And we have the opportunity to see and experience the world in new ways um, consistently and in a local manner. So what this pandemic has really highlighted for me is um, is, this, is working with adventure and seeing adventure as a practice. Um, everything from how can I teach and experience baking with my kids um, to a greater depth than just baking cookies, you know, which would have been like where I stopped previously, but can I see it as in a more expansive way? And can I show up and be present to that repeatedly um, over a longer period of time? And to that, then that opens up this idea of adventure, of, of exploring and experiencing things that, that were unknown to me previously. Um, can I go for a walk in my neighborhood and, and walk further than I typically normally would? And what do I see in that space? And how do I connect um, wild spaces within an urban environment? Um, you know, I, I think, and also just the idea of like, of literally just slowing down, going for a, a walk. You know, previously we've talked about meditation and can I, can I go for a walk um, and see it as a moving meditation and not have my phone with me or not have, not be plugged in in some way. So I think the, the opportunity for backyard adventure is, is significant and it's available to all of us. Um, so do I miss adventure in terms of like its traditional form and international travel and these big expeditions? I totally do. And it's also this flip side of this gift that I get to experience uh, you know, my, my local space in a, in a more intimate way. So when you say, Matt, like the, the, that's a great example of baking cookies with your kids or, um, you know, going off in the backyard. I mean, is it really just a mindset switch kind of thing? Is that how you're framing it? Like if we looking, looking at things in a different way? Yeah, it's, it is literally that simple and allowing myself to be okay with a different experience. So there's a, you know, a portion of it is also releasing judgment that things should be a different way than they are. Um, and that's why I kind of refer to it as a practice or a, a, a mindfulness movement sort of an opportunity where if we really just take that in, that we can experience adventure as a, as a, a gateway, um, this engaging with uncertainty and engaging with curiosity, it, it literally is just a subtle mind shift and it's so subtle that it's, it's, it feels impossible sometimes. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just speak from a reference point of myself today that I'll be totally honest. I had a really hard day. Like today was a day of feeling like everything was kind of being blocked. There wasn't a good flow of energy. I was, I was having challenges, uh, parenting. I was having challenges with my business. Um, just feeling the overwhelm of the entire uh, pandemic situation on top of that. 
and literally I just, I was like, okay, I just need to walk outside and take 10 minutes, 10 minutes, like 10 minutes of breathing and being outside and, and, and taking it in was much better spent than 10 minutes just trying to drive my laptop a little bit harder. And, <laughs> and just that little shift and it's so subtle, but yet, um, it's kind of like taking a breath, you know, breathing for 10, 10 seconds is going to do do your world of good instead of holding your breath. So yeah, I, I do believe it literally is a subtle mind shift, um, with the willingness to, to kind of pretend a little bit. And what I mean by that is like, pretend that, um, that this is, this is what we want to be doing right now. None of us, none of us want this, <laughs> right. but this is, you know, pretend that this is what we have. This is what's in front of us and pretend that this is what we want and kind of push through that, that judgment that we hold. Um, and therein lies the gift, the gift of being present to, um, the moment present to those around us and, uh, and being present to, to the curiosity. So that, yeah, to me, that is the, the opportunity for adventure that we, we have right now. Beautiful. Um, Matt, a lot of your work that I, that I really love and really get into is how you've talked about living the life you want to live versus the one you feel obligated to live. And I know I've wrestled with that and, and a lot of people I'm sure do. Um, what might you tell someone who's feeling a little bit stuck, particular, maybe in a dead end kind of life or dead end job? Um, what, you know, what, what might you tell them? Yes, that's a great question. I think it's one that we, um, as soon as you think you have it figured out, you, you kind of circle back into it again. It's like a, it's a practice that continually needs refinement and, uh, and awareness. And for me, what I found with myself and working with my clients is a pretty simple exercise, which is identifying what your personal values are and then looking to see if those are actually activated or not. So are your personal values in alignment with your actions? And the best tool that I found in order to, to um, ask that is to look at your personal calendar. So are the actions you're taking either on in your professional realm or in your personal work, um, in your, in your family life at home, are those, are the is, is your are the actions that you're taking in alignment with your personal values and if they're not that's a big flag to big red flag for you to start to shift um and start to realign those and if and one way that i um ask people to start to to reorient that is to go through a day by literally just saying no so you just this may sound counterintuitive, but it's the, the saying no practice allows you to start to create more space. So you're saying no to obligations, you're saying no to requests. And if they're direct requests that you maybe you want to say yes to, then you just, you put a pause on your reply to it. So it's, um, it's let me get back to you on that. Or I think that would work, but before I commit, let me get back to you. And so what you're starting to do is you're starting to create a buffer between your commitments and your immediate reaction. And that buffer is where you can start, where you can kind of filter through, is this action in alignment with my values? Um, going back to our, the pandemic adventure question and the baking, 
the baking of cookies things and then like starting to bake new things mm. with my kids, I think, you know, an opportunity there is like, is the value in alignment? So am I act, am I creating space to be able to dive deeper into that? Um, or am I, am I shut, am I shutting myself off by saying yes to things that don't allow it to open up? So having an awareness of how our time lines up with our energy and our values, um, is really the gateway to that question. So instead of prescribing a solution, what I would actually ask people to do is start to just be increase their awareness of how they're choosing to spend their time and start to make those micro shifts as opposed to making big sweeping changes. I think the challenge comes is that we put up with a lot and the pain become like pain, like increases, increases, increases like a frog in water. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, the water's really hot. And so we've, we, that's, that space has grown so large that, uh, we only take action at that point when the, when the pain is so great. And that's a pretty dangerous place to be able to respond from. Whereas I, what I'm encouraging people to do is to make these slight alterca- alterations and slight changes um, to then open up more space. That's great, Matt. Um, so for those who want to go a little bit deeper into um, some of the concepts in your book um, and find that adventure and everything mindset, um, can you maybe give a little bit of uh, maybe a brief description about what are the five elements of adventure? I know you t- touched on them earlier, but for those looking to go deeper and really want to bring more adventure into their life, um, what are those five, five elements, Matt, and just maybe a little, uh, little background on each one? Yeah. So the five elements of adventure, um, this was born from post um, Himalayan expeditions from for me coming off a whole series of long trips that were just back to back to back um, over the course of a number of years. And then realizing that um, adventure was not, you know, based solely on um, the, a, a, a typical summit experience, but that it really was a way of being. And so I mentioned them earlier and I'll go through them. They're high endeavor, uncertain outcome, total commitment, tolerance for adversity and great companionship. What we want to do is we want to tap into all five of those for kind of a full breadth of experience and full breadth of life. So the high endeavor place is, is what we just mentioned earlier, which is where our values and our actions are in alignment. So when they overlap, like a Venn diagram, when they overlap, that space in between is the high endeavor. And those are the, that's the area of our lives that hold the most meaning that, um, you know, that you have, you will sacrifice for, that you have untapped energy and creativity for, that you're willing to put everything on the line for and, and, and show up for. So um, typically in our lifetimes, we, you know, we have a handful of things that will fall into that high endeavor category. Uncertain outcome is the linchpin of adventure. It's the piece that really keeps keeps us engaged and motivated. And here's like the paradox of adventure with uncertainty is that we move through the world and we're, we're accustomed to moving through the world in a way where we're trying to lock down and, and always have certainty and, and known entities that we're engaged with. And yet it's the uncertainty that gives it the vitality and meaning. So if you look back on your life, the areas of our lives that have the most meaning are directly tied to that sense of uncertainty. And yet we move through the world seeking certainty as this like, as this concrete experience as if it's something that's like we can lock in 
And so the paradox is like, how do we hold both of those at the same time? Um, and then total commitment is it's, I'll start with what it's not. It's not pull yourself up by your bootstraps and kind of suck it up and make it happen at all costs. Instead, total commitment is having a vision and then being flexible and, um, having, and, and being able to take in new information in order to, to, to follow a path to get to that end result. So, um, to being open to open influence is a major component of total commitment. And then tolerance for adversity is our ability to be able to rebound. It's our ability to um, suffer or, or have challenges and setbacks, to be able to see the, to, be, to bring humility and humor and grace into those experiences, and then be able to have challenge, have difficulty, setback, be impacted by it, and then continue forward. And I think, you know, at this, this moment in time, uh, this whole year has been one of continually facing tolerance for adversity. Um, and for me, a key component of tolerance for adversity is surrounding myself with others that are able to rebound quickly, to be able to bring grace and humor into a difficult situation. We, you know, we know what it's like to be around someone who isn't able to rebound quickly and how heavy that, that energy is versus what it's like to be around someone who's able to experience it, honor it, but then move forward with a, with more lightness. Um, and then the final piece is great companionship. And that to me is the, it's like the indelible marker of adventure. It's the piece at the end of the day that has the most meaning because it's, we were humans, um, in relationship with other humans. And so great companionship isn't necessarily about who your best friends with or who your best buddies with, but who we're in community with, whether it's in our work or in our personal lives, who we're in community with that we can support uh, and help raise up when they're in challenge or help them meet those high endeavors we mentioned earlier uh, and that vice versa. So it's like a mentor mentee relationship, it's family, it's friends and community at large. So recognizing that this is a, a complex human situation. So the five elements, they all kind of overlap with each other. And what I find is, you know, going, going back to your earlier question, what I find when we, when we think about, um, when we are stuck and we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling like we're not on the right path, that there's usually a deficit in one of those five elements. So there's a challenge where we're maybe we're not, um, in enough relationships. So we don't have that companionship or we're not seeing the vision for the total commitment or, um, we're not rebounding well, you know, in terms of the tolerance for adversity. So something is off, um, in that balance. And that's what causes, that's one of the causations of that feeling of, of, of overwhelm and, um, misalignment. Love that. So powerful. Um, so Matt, what are some of the practices, some of the daily things that you do? I know you touched on a few before that, that keep you grounded and centered. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm, we're in a shoulder season right now, you know, cause it's, we're going, going from fall into winter and, um, I am, I'm trying to keep it really simple right now. So, you know, an entrepreneur and a father and, um, so mornings for me are pretty game on with either homeschooling or kids activities or whatever it is. So for me right now, um, the best practice I've found for myself is to get up a little bit early and sit with a cup of coffee, uh, do some morning breath work. It doesn't, it doesn't even have to be that in that intense or that, you know, I could just be with my coffee or I could just, or just sitting still for 10 minutes. 
Um, and then I follow that with a 10 minute walk outside. So my morning practice right now is literally 20 minutes long. It's getting up coffee and breath and then, um, walking outside for 10 minutes and that's 10 minutes unplugged, uh, no, no device, no headphones, nothing like that. Um, to get my blood pumping and to just be out in nature and be in the world. And that's all I really, um, have the capacity for right now, honestly, like, I don't, it's not that some in-depth, like intense thing. It's just carving out 20 minutes of, of fresh air and space for myself. What I found through that practice is, um, a little bit more resiliency in the morning, especially as a parent, uh, in, in managing, uh, and supporting my, my children, um, as well as a little bit more calmness and in going into my work day. So we'll see if I can continue doing that or what <laughs> things shift, you know, as we go into winter, maybe I'll go into more stretching or more, uh, traditional, uh, meditative experiences. But for now, something that simple and straightforward with a little routine is, is, per- is perfect. Beautiful. Uh, Matt, for anyone, if someone's listening right now, who's feeling a little powerless and hopeless and, uh, they were, uh, maybe sitting with you having that cup of coffee, what might you, what might you tell them? I would, yeah, I, I mean, one, I would do my best to normalize that, you know, I don't know a single human being right now who isn't feeling overwhelmed, not a single one. So regardless of, uh, that there's, you know, there are significant inequalities in the world and that this pandemic is definitely, uh, highlighting those inequalities. And yet at the same time, uh, regardless of a personal situation, I haven't met a single human being who isn't suffering right now. So, um, some normalizing and humanity around that. Um, and I think as, as a practice for me, two things have, have come through in the past six months or so that have been, that have really helped ground me when feeling overwhelmed. And that's been, um, releasing and expressing anger while, and then also releasing and expressing gratitude. So kind of holding the, the yin and the yang of that, of acknowledging with anger, whether that's needing to be outside and and get it, like physically move it out, whether it's needing to write it down in a journal, but somehow releasing and acknowledging anger and frustration while also, um, flipping that and acknowledging and recognizing gratitude. So I think that would be my, my two cents in supporting someone right now, if they're sitting right, right across from me. That's great. Last two questions, Matt. Um, what is something about Matt Walker that, people might not know and might surprise us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I have tinnitus, uh, which is a high pitch ringing in my ears. Ah, uh, yes. And it's, it's nonstop. It's like, it's constant. Um, and for me, the best, so silence can be really challenging for me. Um, cause it's, it just highlights that, um, I have music going constantly. So if you were around me, um, all day long and tracked me all day long, you would, you would see and experience all of my moods and state of being based on the soundtrack that was playing at that time. <laughs> so, um, so I think it may surprise people as to like how important music is to me. It is, it's like a nonstop aspect of my life and, um, and I love it. 
absolutely love it. So I, I play guitar and um, play music, and it's been a part of my life, um, you know, since I was a, a little kid. So it's a that's a huge component for me. And you used to be in a rock band. <laughs> I used to be in a rock band. Cool. Uh, we used to play out, and uh, that was awesome. Uh, and I, I hope to to get that back, and I hope I hope that returns for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, Matt, last question. Um, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 40 years, what words of wisdom might your current self share with the younger Matt Walker? Oh, chill the fuck out. <laughs> that would be, yeah, Beautiful. worry less, chill the fuck out, uh, breathe more laugh more, smile more. Um, I, and I know I gave the practice of saying no earlier, but I think I might give myself the practice of saying yes more. So, um, yeah, I just gave myself the same advice again. So, all right, you heard it here. (laughs) Chill the fuck out. Beautiful. (laughs) Matt, what's the best way to find out more about you and your work? Yeah, yeah. If your listeners can go to mattwalkeradventure.com and right there on the homepage, you'll see a challenge that I want to offer your listeners. And it's a challenge that loops back to the previous parts of our conversation as to how to shift the perspective of adventure. Um, specifically, it's a 30-day challenge that looks at how to engage mindfulness in a practical manner. So it's 30 challenges over 30 days, 30 different um, exercises. And the exercises range between like three to five minutes in length. So they're not huge, substantial um, chunks of time, but there is a commitment to exploring mindfulness in a practical manner. So I encourage your listeners to head over there, mattwalkeradventure.com and check out the uh, 30-day practical mindfulness challenge. Matt, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Drew. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, And stay well, everyone.